Hello, everyone. Before we get to our guest today, I have a very exciting announcement, and it's all about Path 11 TV. We finally have apps for pretty much every device that you can think of. You can watch Path 11 TV now on your iPhone, Apple TV, iPad, the Android, Android TV. Roku should be out by the time you hear this. We also have Amazon Fire for the phone, tablets, and TV. And the easiest way to actually find Path 11 TV would probably be to just go to the website, path11tv.com. It's on the home page. You're going to scroll down and then whatever device you have, just go ahead and click the icon. It'll bring you to the place to be able to download the app right on your phone or your tablet or wherever else you are looking to watch Path 11 TV. You can also search your device's app store and that should come up as well. Now, as you know, we do have a seven-day free trial for everybody for Path 11 TV. If you would like to commit with us on a month-to-month basis, we are offering 25% off the first three months. And I want you to use coupon code AFTERLIFE25. Uh, We're only going to be offering that for a little while longer. Normally, the monthly membership or subscription is $9.99, but with this code, Afterlife25, you will get 25% off your first three months, and that's about $7.49 a month. If you would like to have some of the great perks of an annual membership, then I suggest that you use coupon code LAUNCH40. Make sure you put LAUNCH40 in before purchasing, otherwise you're going to be buying it for $99. LAUNCH40 coupon code gives you the membership for 40% off for only $59.99. And probably come January 1st of 2021, uh, that code will no longer be available to use. So get your discount in now. We do have a new show that's coming out. Uh, We're going to be putting out new footage constantly. So I will try to reach out to you guys through the podcast or through our newsletter site. But the new show that we are launching now is Ask Dr. Death with Dr. Terry Daniel and Dr. Karen Wyatt. So it's pretty amazing. The two of them are just experts in the field. They will field questions from people and they are really looking at the tough topics to talk about when it comes to death. We are also looking possibly in January to include my spiritual self-help book club into the annual membership subscribers. Uh, Right now I am running the book club every month on the second, third, and fourth Monday. We meet on Zoom and I also bring in the authors. So I'm choosing books from authors that have been on the Path 11 podcast to join us for a Q&A. So this makes this book club unlike any others that I've seen out there and it's awesome. So stay tuned for that announcement. And we are also having and inviting people on the 11th of each month to come into a private Zoom room to offer some of their skills. So we have a numerologist coming up in January. We have a couple of other people, I don't want to give it away yet, who have committed to give our annual membership subscribers something a little extra. If you are subscribing for the annual membership, you will be emailed the special event and the Zoom link, very similar to our launch when we launched Path 11 TV people who purchased the annual membership got to go into a private Zoom room with Suzanne Northrup and get a uh, mediumship reading. So that's stuff that we are looking to bring to you in 2021. So also be on the lookout for that. Best way to get these updates would be to subscribe to our newsletter. So head on over to path11tv.com, download the app that you need, purchase a subscription that best fits your budget, and make sure that you use those coupon codes because they're not going to be around forever. All right, everyone, let's get to our show today. 
Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. I have a fabulous guest, Nikki Allen, who is going to be talking to us about a lot of different things. If you're also someone who has been suffering with chronic illness, this may be a podcast episode that you really want to tune into because our guest has something to say about that. Nikki Allen is a medium, but she once was a police detective. So I'm really curious to hear about (laughs) her story with that. And she's an author and a teacher. She has a new book coming out called Me, Myself, and I, Diary of a Psychic. I know you guys love to hear our mediums come on the show, but we are going to take a little bit of a different angle today. We're going to see how she works, but I also want to hear more about her story and what she has overcome and how that might have affected her being a medium. So Nikki, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, we are excited to have you. Um, you. You just have such great energy and, you know, I had never really spoken to a psychic medium that has gone through some of the stuff that you had gone through and also have the background that you have. So um, I'd like to start off the show by letting our listeners know a little bit of your journey, because I know back in 2003, you retired from a medical um, leave, I think it was that you had. And then you like randomly show up at this clairvoyance uh, event that's happening. And of course, like most people have, you know, the synchronistic event that leaves them on leads them on the spiritual path. And now here you are 15 years later, you know, traveling, uh, working with people from all around the world, you're authoring books, you're on radio shows, TV shows, I mean, you name it sounds like your life just completely, you know, exploded there. But you also have a story to talk about recovery of chronic illness as well. So let's start off with a little bit of your police detective work, and then how you move from that field into mediumship. It was a very big jump, wasn't it? Going from cop during the day. (laughs) I was obviously, I was born psychic medium anyway. And my first spirit person I saw was my dad two days after he had a road accident when I was nine. So I knew that I had a gift. And you'll find out through my story um, in the book that during my teenage years, I was subject to a lot of trauma. And so it kind of, you know, bubbled away in the background. However, throughout the whole of my life, when I was even seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, I used to run murder um, inquiries out of the lounge, out of the sitting room in my house. I was obsessed with being a police officer, absolutely obsessed. Um, And so luckily I joined the police cadet straight after um, school, only three months and I was in the police cadet corps. Um, And to be honest with you, I'm very ashamed to say this, but during those days, you know, I was a late teenager and I was kind of using it as a party trick, my gift. So I'd do readings in the evening for the other cadets, you know, used to hide in the canteen and do seances and all sorts of things. And I used to pick people over in a crowd and say, right, that person does this for a living and it's their name. And I used to run across and find out that it was all true. 
So really, it was just a bit of party entertainment. I hate to say it. Um, and I kind of kept it quiet in the first years of my police service. I really did want to become a detective. Um, and I didn't want people, you know, thinking I was some sort of nut. <laughs> see dead people and angels however um when I was in uniform for those couple of years before I went on to crime squads and vice units um I started to feel that it was starting to encroach on my police work so if I you know I would get a hunch which really was a psychic vision and I would find burglars I would find missing people and I started to get a bit of a name for myself for being this psychic cop and it started um with someone saying oh can you give me a reading in the evening someone that I was on um the CID with criminal investigation department and I said are you joking she said no I really want to you know I'm really interested so from then on I was working as a cop during the day and in the evening I was doing like psychic parties and readings for people and word got around so that you know people saw me as a, as a credible uh, medium in police investigations um, I actually got the motive for a murder um, that we were investigating um, I kept seeing visions of um, a girl having an affair with with the man who was the main suspect this poor lady was set alight and um, dumped poor lovely lady and we kind of thought it was a husband but we had no motive or no proof and through my visions I managed to actually um, wear this young girl down who admitted that she was having an affair with the guy and that he had agreed to kill his wife um, so things like that happen quite a lot you know we had a baby that was stolen from a hospital which set a precedence um, after that for security in hospitals um, and the baby went missing and one of the um NSI guys come to me and said, look, you know, um, sorry, CSI guys came to me and said, I've got the blanket the baby was in. You know, can you just see if you can get anything? And I actually drew the view from where the baby was. I knew the location the baby was at and what what he was where she was wearing. Um, and I said she'll be back by five to six. And I said the lady that's taken her has got um, mental illness and has obviously had a lot of pregnancy trauma, and she'll be on the files. But it doesn't matter because someone's going to see the baby and bring her back anyway. And I said it was going to be at five to six a.m. And on the dot, five to six, that baby was back in the arms of its parents, and everybody. Was like wow and they said you were totally right you know the lady was on the on the list and the area you said the baby was in was right and I remember walking up to the room where the baby was being kept and the archway of the trees and the layout of everything I'd drawn in this sketch was exactly the same you know so people were like wow she really does know what she's doing but then we go to the other side of it where we had criminals where if I was fingerprinting them I could feel their energy and I used to see other crimes they committed that they hadn't been arrested for and there was one where he was so shocked he refused to let me near him he said I don't want to near me she's a freak <laughs> <laughs> so it really did help it really did help and I um I picked up a lady that had been trampled in a concert um, and unfortunately, she'd stopped breathing. And I took her on a lift, um, bent over because I was crushed in the crowd. And I tore seven ribs away from my spinal joint. And that basically led in the end, unfortunately, for me to be medically retired, which absolutely blew me to pieces. I, I had total, total faith in the fact that I was going to be a police officer for the rest of my life until I got properly retired. And um, I couldn't understand this life-changing event. And I remember the day that I got my letter to say that I'd officially been retired and I just was, felt broken. I just didn't know what to do. And 
in the letter, I'd put it on a newspaper and the newspaper kept flicking and the wind opened it out to a page that said about an evening of clairvoyance that night. Now, the, the weird in my local village hall and the weird thing is, is that, you know, you don't, I didn't go to see these shows because I thought, well, my, my family do it, you know, my aunties and uncles, there's always tarot cards on the table and everything. And I thought, you know what, I need to go. And then that night, as you say, um, I went in and there was these three people that passed over that kept talking to me. And I thought there were reflections in the window and they identified themselves, their names, their jobs, absolutely everything. And at the end of it, I thought, right, I'm going to have to go up and look really stupid or help this lady who was actually doing the show. And I said, do you understand Mark, who died in a road accident? There's Tom, who was a taxi driver. And then there's, I can't remember their names now, say John, who was um, a builder. She goes, that's my late husband, my father-in-law, my son. She said, I just can't believe the accuracy you've just, I said, they're still standing there. Can't you see them? Um, (laughs) So she said, you need to get yourself in a circle. And that was the beginning of the discipline, you know, of learning how to open and close and to project my energy and my focus on spirit people in the angel realms and then literally within about two months I was already up doing what we call here platform which is giving messages in spiritualist churches um, to people I had a six-month waiting list within a couple of it just literally flew I was serving 80 centers within the first six months I was asked to do my first documentary which um, was the children that were killed by Myra Hindley do you know that my, the Hindley and Brady story, we had child murders that shocked the world basically in the 70s. And I was asked to go and find um, one of the lads that was never found, one of the murder victims. And it just spiralled from there. I was offered TV work, magazine work. And to be honest, you know, I, I toured with the late Colin Fryer from Sixth Sense and it just absolutely exploded and I was told way back if we go to that first evening of mediumship when I'd just been retired as a police officer my dad came through on the evening and said brace yourself you're going to teach you're going to write everybody around the world's going to know you for what you do and I thought what policing that's not right. And um, I thought, I'm not going to be known around the world as this big detective. And he was totally right. But it was to do with the spiritual stuff. And there was no way I wanted to be a full-time medium. It was something that I did. I didn't really think I could make a living from it. I really didn't think anybody would be interested. But I feel that because I'm so grounded and because I was a detective, I demand evidence. So everything I share with the public on my YouTube videos and everything I write about I know it's right because they must be on Valium up there. I always say this because they they bring me things, the angel realms of spirit one, I go, right, prove it then. Bring me synchronicity or or prove that this is right. And they're like, oh, for goodness sake. (laughs) They have to prove me synchronicity or they have to double the vision in another way to prove to me that it's right. And then I say, right, okay, I'll share it now. Thank you very much. They're like, oh, thank God for that, Nikki. So, you know, and I adored my work. I, I can't tell you. It was almost because I mainly was a family liaison officer as a detective looking after murder victim families, which is very difficult because I used to see the murder victims next to their family wanting to give them messages. So that was very difficult. And I've never been scared of dealing with people that are in their rawest emotion through that most probably in my past. My past has been particularly traumatic. And so 
this is almost an extension of policing, but it's a more spiritual extension, if you like. I still bring comfort. I still bring knowledge. And I still try to bridge that gap that we all encounter when we lose something. And it can be your job. It can be a person, a pet, whatever the loss is. We all suffer and we all go through that darkness. And so when I had the road accident in 2012, I just lost every bit of faith Every single thing that I'd ever believed in and known about the spirit world, I convinced myself that I cold read people. I convinced myself there was no heaven. I was so devastated and felt so forsaken that they had left me in bed completely, completely comatose without any strength to even do anything apart from breathe and keep my body alive. Um, and they stripped me bare. I lost everything. I had two homes. I had a holiday by the sea. Um, sorry, a holiday home by the sea. I had my home. You know, I had this wonderful career. I was just about um, to go into negotiations of touring America, and I was so excited, mm -hmm. and Australia, and Canada. And I just thought, wow, I've just got everything. And then just when this young girl hit me, hit my car, that was the end of everything as far as I could see. Um, and this left me five years in bed. Um, I was homeless for eight months, so I was staying on people's sofas. I had two dustbin bags full of things that I could get from my last home I was in and my two little rescue dogs, and that's all I had in the world. My partner at the time didn't want to be with someone who was going to be, I was told, never be able to walk again, never never recover from this illness at all. Um, and he he left stealing £65,000, which is about $80,000. Um, so I had bailiffs, debt collectors, um, literally knocking on the door. I couldn't even get up to make myself something to eat. Um, every day I woke up with different um, symptoms. It is... You know, I remember, and I don't know if this had the same type of um, effect over there, but ME, i.e. chronic fatigue syndrome and um, fibromyalgia, we used to call it yuppie flu back in the 80s. And it was known as this malingerer's disease. And it was like, oh, God, you know, you're only tired. Get over it. You know, just push yourself on. And I actually thought it was that. You know, I'd heard people with it. I'm like, oh, get over it. You know, get just get dressed and go to work I've always been a very professional very driven person so I used to I couldn't understand these people that went to lay in bed all day so when it happened to me I'm like okay this is horrific I woke up once and my eye was blind I woke up and found I couldn't talk um, for a couple of days other days people would talk to me and I didn't have a clue my brain couldn't uh, it was too exhausted to understand what they were telling me um, I was incontinent um, for years I had insomnia for three years didn't sleep and it was just the most agonizing darkest pain of my life because I was grieving my old life and I hated the world and I was suicidal every single day I fantasized about wanting to die um, and the only thing that kept me going as you'll see from me myself and I that my dad visited me back in 2013 I think it was 2014 and said hang on in there you are going to have the best life you've ever had. You'll be known for a completely different way of working, but it's not going to start till 2016 onwards. And I'm like, wow, I've got to wait all that time. I don't think so. But that tiny glimmer of that spirit visit that my dad made to me, um, obviously he was allowed to come down because I knew I was going to be in crisis. And he told me, you've got to hang on in there, hang on in there. Trust me, it's going to be amazing. 
Um, and so that was there. I also didn't want to leave my dogs next to a dead body. <laughs> so that stopped me from taking them off me. Mm-hmm. And then the, the biggest thing that I will say to people that go through this, whatever your trauma is, whatever your darkness is, if, if it is chronic illness, whatever it is, is you have to surrender, accept and adapt. And so one night I thought, well, I'm not going to take myself over. I'm not going to leave my two little dogs. So what am I going to do? And I thought I'm going to have to surrender and see if there really is something out there that's going to help me. And I I lived, it's funny, I ended up living or renting through someone helping me out, renting a house in a cemetery. (laughs) Wow, of all places. And it wasn't even haunted, which was really weird. Mind you, who wants to stay at their own grave? Nobody does, do they? And I remember (laughs) (laughs) it was a full moon. It was very cold. It was February time, I think. And I walked out and I had a robe on. And I don't ask me why I did it because it was blinking freezing. But I took my robe off and I was naked. And I said, I came here naked. I'm trying to show you my vulnerability. I'm surrendering to you. I need you to help me. And I'm going goosey now. It makes me so emotional that day because the following day I'd isolated from my friends. I didn't want to engage with anybody or the world. And the following day I opened the front door and there was a food hamper with everything that I would need for the week. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And that's when the miracles started. And I, I, I have a very open-minded sceptic. And when people say to me, I've seen a miracle, I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, love. But I had Seraphim come, darken the house with their presence as they came in. And um, my guide came to me, Julianus, and he basically said, we're here to protect you. This is your sanctuary. And the reason I know a lot of these visitations took place, because obviously I was in a bad mental health state anyway, were my dogs because they would go bananas every time there was an angel or a spirit person visiting, they would be barking away at this entity. So I knew they were there and present because I did question if I was hallucinating, of course. Um, And if, if it wasn't a guide visiting me, it was an angel. If it wasn't an angel, it would be a spirit person, one of my family members. And my nan even visited me and showed me a drug to take, low dose naltrexone to take that will get me out of bed. You know, they bought me um, ways. I had this angel turn up. I'm Raguel. And I thought, I've never heard of that name. You know, I kind of know the main archangel names. I'm like, who's Raguel? And he said, I'm here to help you clear and bring balance to your material world. I'm like, okay. So I Google it. Google's a wonderful thing. And uh, Raguel was the archangel of balance and harmony court procedures. I had massive problems with my solicitors. My lawyers hadn't dealt with my claim um, and it helped with debt. And I'm like, wow, so he really exists then. And within a couple of days, he'd cleared £65,000 worth of debt by pushing, pushing me to get hold of people. And he said, trust me when I tell you, make these calls, speak your truth and you shall be clear. And it just carried on like that. I'm giving so many spoilers for the book, aren't I? <laughs> but it just, uh, do you know what? I have to say, darling, when I, 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 I read back my book and I, it, it's like fiction to me sometimes. I think, did I really experience that? Did I really go through that? Yes, I did. There are no, there are no um, exaggerations. It's exactly as it happened. And 
the journal, which I always used to teach my students in my workshops, a soul journal to me is like your soul Bible. I record everything in it, meditations, dreams, prophecies. And during that time, when I could actually pick a pen up and think about being able to write, that's how bad it was. I couldn't even create thought to write. Um, I would write down my thoughts and feelings. So the heart of the book is integrating the soul journal to highlight the misery and the pain that we go through. You know, I know that people are going through the worst time of their life at the moment with COVID and with, you know, the lockdowns and everything that's happened with the virus. But I keep saying on Twitter, welcome to our world. That is our world. We are locked in our own bodies, in our own homes. Hence why we've been given the phrase from the States, millions missing because we literally disappear from society. There is no help. I literally got diagnosed a year later after them, um, you know, trying to discover why I was in so much agonizing pain and why I had neuro problems and they couldn't work it out. I slept for weeks on end. And in the end, they just went, oh, you've got ME, chronic fatigue fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. You're not going to get better. There's no cure. Off you go. And that's all you're left with. So, you know, you're left with yourself. And the whole point of why I wanted to get this book out, and trust me, I didn't, but that lot, you will put this book out. And I'm like, oh, for goodness sake, nobody's going to be interested. I won't get a deal. (laughs) Oh, how they laughed. (laughs) And um, I wanted to share our plight. And one, it will hopefully educate people that have got people that suffer with chronic illness and to try and give them guidance on how to cope with our our illness. You know, the worst thing you can say is, oh, you know, just get up and push past it. And well, you've had enough sleep. Surely you should be all right, you know. And they judge you. You need to understand our condition to make us feel better about ourselves. And in the same token, as I said, surrendering and adapting to your situation. So we don't want to be grieving any longer of what we could have and should have done which I get hundreds of emails a week with people saying I've lost my life I've lost my husband no you haven't this is a life-changing thing but what can you now do what can you work with with what you've got and so my YouTube videos you know I've got makeup on today people won't recognize me because normally I'm you know sitting in my bed again the angels told me to do it they told me to do it I sat in bed with my pyjamas on, not even brushed my teeth on my hair and started sharing my knowledge and trying to bring support and love to people that are going through spiritual crisis, earth crisis, grief, loss. And it's just grown and grown and grown. And I get emails every day from people saying, you keep me going. You give me so much inspiration. And that to me just makes my world because I can't go to, well, you know, COVID aside, I can't go touring anymore. I can't go running around the world telling everybody everything. So for you having me here and thank you and God bless you for it, for me to to talk to people through interviews, through YouTube and to write and people to buy that book and allow them into my world and my knowledge and how I can help people, it is second to none. I cannot believe how lucky I am. It was the biggest blessing I ever had in my life. I was a very mixed up lady. I had so much trauma and shadow stuff that I hadn't got rid of. Um, And they put me through the most severest boot camp of my life, the spirit world and the angel realms. And I have to say now... I am the most happiest, most contented, most abundant person I could ever have dreamed of being. 
And it literally is just from that one little road accident. And, you know, I just even think things I think I could do with that. Ding! And it turns up and it's right in front of my face, you know. Even with the book, I remember when they said that I had to put this, you know, my diary and my experience and be a pioneer for chronic sufferers. And obviously, because it's very unique, me being a cop as well as a psychic, as well as going through this chronic illness journey. Um, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. This is how I used to talk to them. Are you mad? I'm not going to do that. As if anybody's going to buy a book. I, you know, I was out of the loop for six years. You know, nobody, you know, people move on and go and seek other mediums. And so I said, I haven't even got a column. So, you know, in a magazine. So who's going to take on a book deal with me? Following day, get an email completely out of the blue from a very well-known spiritual magazine, Fate and Fortune over here in the in the UK, say, would you like to do a column for us? Oh, my gosh. There you go. <laughs> and then two months later, I was asked to do a second column. And now I, I do four columns. And it's like how – and there's, you know, two of them also go out to Australia as well. And then I'm like, okay, fair enough. Okay, I've got a column. You want me to put the book out? And they said yes. And I was I felt so embarrassed because I thought there's nobody wanting to be interested in little old me. And then I, I was offered a deal within a week. And it's all angel-led. And it's all about, as well, that I've learned to love myself, respect myself, and that I deserve the very best for me to get what I want out of life, which is to help people. And so once they taught me that and I established this, this feeling of that I deserve abundance and I deserve to be able to get my word out there to help people, it just, it just flew. It just flowed magnificently. And I am even, my book hasn't been um, released yet, but I'm, I'm even number one on Amazon in my genre of my book, which is incredible. What an incredible feat, you know, because I haven't done any other books at all. It's my first effort. And to find that I was number one on Amazon was just incredible, incredible. And, you know, I've been, just before I spoke with you, I've just been um, sending out signed copies to people and I did have a bit of a tear and it was of one of pride for myself and two, the fact that incorporated in those pages is a slice of my life where by rights I should have just curled up and just left the universe and the world behind and just said no, enough. Because I'm telling you now, so many people have said to me, I cannot believe when you had one hit after another. You know, some people talk about divorce and that's traumatic, or moving house is stressful, or losing it, you know, a loved one, losing your job. But I had everything, including, you know, the loss of my mum and, you know, reconnecting with my family because the dynamics were so unhealthy. And it's just, it really is like a fairy tale story. But the thing I love about it is, and someone else has remarked upon this um, in one of my reviews, is, is that I'm not doing that, oh, I'm happy ever after and I'm well and I've got the cure to everything. I'm not. I still have this condition. And, you know, yesterday I spent my whole day in bed because I was in so much pain and so tired from doing interviews. And so I could have either sat there and gone, oh, for goodness sake, I can't move. I can't go out. I can't take my dogs out. I can't. But rather than keep projecting on the can'ts, I thought, fantastic. What shall I do today? I'm going to make myself a hot chocolate. I'm going to have an Epsom salt bath and I'm going to binge it on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all about the mind. You know, it's about it's not it's trying to change your mindset 
and find the positivity in everything. And I find now my gratitude is so unbelievable. And you hear these people, you know, perhaps have a health scare or they nearly die and they think, right, I'm going to change my life now. I want people to change their lives now, not because something horrific's happened. Does that make sense? So that if you can start working with the universe and you can start projecting, I love myself, I deserve abundance, I deserve a soulmate, I deserve to be materially comfortable, I deserve to be able to get my word out and be heard, then you start to push that out and the natural laws of attraction of the universe will hear and go, oh, okay, then that's what you deserve, do you? Then have some. This is, I was taught the cosmic ordering so remarkably. Again, it's in me, myself and I. And I just, it's just wow factor how it works. And my friends say, how do you do it? Because I believe I deserve it. And it doesn't matter that I can't, you know, go running anymore or go to the gym or I can't get up every day because I'll just sit in my PJs and I'll do a little card reading for all those beautiful people that follow me on YouTube and Facebook. It's fabulous, you know, and this is how people need to think. But they allow their mindset to drop down into this energy where they just want to give up and everything's negative. And if you're sending that out to the universe, I'm never going to be well. I'm rubbish. I hate my house. I can't move. I can't get a job. Nobody wants me. Then what is the universe going to do? Oh, okay, then stay there then if that's what you think. You know, and especially with light workers, there tends to be, especially in the element of this year of balance that's going on, you know, light workers send a much more stronger message out to the universe because we have a higher vibration. And so we have to be careful, sensitives and empaths, whether you're working mediums, healers or not, if you're sending these thought processes out, they are louder than other grounded people. And so I'm trying desperately in my message through the book to say, come on, let's be positive. Let's find a way that you can embrace your life and love it. You know, the, the song of a bird or, you know, sitting out in the sun and anything. I just the gratitude I feel. You know what happened day before yesterday? I ordered this place that I live in now and it's just across from the beach. It's literally a couple of seconds away. And I ordered this and said, I'm going to have that. Honestly, didn't believe I'd get it, but I did. And um, I was on the beach and I stood there and I thanked Archangel Michael, who, who, who's with me a lot. And I thanked Archangel Ariel for the beauty of nature around me. And I opened my, and I said, thank you for everything that you're enabling me to do to reach people. And as I opened my eyes out, a rainbow formed right in front of me on the sea, which is incredible in itself. But then I got nudged in the hip. And I looked down and there was this huge white husky dog and it had no eyes. And it was happy. It was running around like a puppy, completely blind and kept nudging me. And it was almost like a message from the universe saying, see, you're helping people to understand that in adversity, you can still find personal happiness, abundance and enjoy your life. And that really, really came home to me. It really did. And I spoke to the owner and said, wow, she goes, I've never known anything like it. This dog has got absolutely no problems whatsoever. Can't see a thing, has no eyes. It was a rescue dog. And yet it just ran around more happier than most dogs on that beach. And that said it all for me, really. You know, it said it all for me. So, sorry, I do talk for England, Scotland, Wales, and most probably the US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 
I don't need to. This is about you. This show is for you, about you, you know? And so, and, and my listeners come on not to hear me talk, but to hear my guests talk. So it's awesome. And it's a beautiful, you know, story and a theme that keeps reoccurring um, more recently in my life with other authors that I've been reading. It's really interesting how like the books tend to progress and the authors are like in these clusters and clumps and all talking about the same thing. And um, the biggest message this month for me and what I'm learning, you know, from you and from other people that I've had on the show is that vulnerability teaches. And the fact that you use the example of literally being naked. And I've heard that phrase before. It's like, you have to be naked in front of people, you know, not in the literal sense, but um, in the sense that vulnerability is what connects us and it's what teaches us. And and another story too um, that I had heard of another woman that ended up being homeless, lost everything, her money, her house. In her book, she talked about um, that that was kind of a lesson from God to teach her to totally be stripped of the physical world. So she... So, yep. So, so she had to do exactly what you did, which was surrender and trust in this divine. And once she had no choice like you and, you know, just surrender, then that's when the miracles began to happen. Absolutely. Oh, I'll have to have, I'll have to read that book. It sounds very close to mine. I think, I think that's absolutely right because I have no fear anymore of material gain or loss. I, it means absolutely nothing to me. I remember when I was making money, I didn't even really ask for it. It was just, oh, there you go. You're getting paid for this. You're getting paid for that. And I remember being in a concierge suite in Turks and Caicos because my passion is to scuba dive. And I always used to go to the Caribbean perhaps five, six times a year. That was my time to meditate and get out away from the world and I remember standing in the concierge suite there was a sunken bath my own personal butler and bar and goodness knows what and I had never been so miserable in all my life <laughs> because I'm so not whole inside and so I don't have fear of change now and as you'll see in me myself and I, I I literally moved house on the flip of three angel cards you know, because my yeah. faith is so instilled. I know that we are not alone. I know that no matter what belief system you have and whatever, whoever you are, whatever background you come from, there are higher forces that are there waiting to help you. And that's the other thing that I want to try and help people to understand. It doesn't matter if you're spiritual or not. They are there ready and waiting to help you. And I know 100% that's right. And I talk to them more and I talk to them all the time. I remember my granddad used to do it. My grandpa used to go around talking to dead people. My my nan used to say, stop doing that. You look mad. I do it all the time. I don't care. And uh, I speak to them all the time and I'm, I'm grateful for them. And I am so grateful that I've learned loss because I have no fear. If this was all taken from me again, it doesn't matter because I am happy and whole inside. And I know that I can adapt. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know that I can adapt and move on from it. I have no, and yet I used to fear change so much. What if? And now I have a total leap of faith because I know the universe has got my back. And really, we're not taking this to the spirit world with us when we have this encounter. We're not taking all of our cars and our jewels and goodness knows what with us. So why worry about it? It's love, happiness, abundance, and a sense of peace within ourselves. That's what we're going to be taking back with us. Not, you know, all of this plastic stuff, I call it now. Um, So, and it's, it's weird because once you actually start living that energy, you attract the right people to you as well. So my friends are the most truthful, honest, beautiful people I could possibly ever want in my life. 
Whereas beforehand, it was very much, oh, I know Nikki Allen. And I used to say, yes, yes, come here, come here. So I had such a bad view of myself and had no sense of self whatsoever. Even though I had a passion for my work, the actual personal side of me was, yes, come and come and adulate me. Come and tell me how wonderful I am because I, I'm rubbish and I can't stand myself. But if you tell me, then I'll externally take that on. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But now everything is so real. You know, I keep it real with my friends, with my partner. Everybody around me is I could trust with my life and they live in the truth. And that's the best thing is you also attract the greatest people around you and the greatest opportunities with that. And it's just about losing the fear, losing the fear of loss, losing the fear of change and just saying, do you know what? I've got someone who's got my back somewhere up there. It doesn't matter if you don't know who they are. Just do it. Just make the move to make you happy. The amount of people that say to me, oh, I need a reading. I'm with someone I'm not happy with. I said, you don't need a reading. Just get out. <laughs> you already know. Just do do it. Right. I, I, I took myself out of them. I said, you don't need it. Watch my videos on YouTube. They'll tell you how to love yourself enough that you don't need to stay with that partner. You don't need to stay in that bad job. You don't need to live in that house that depresses you move on have the courage to change the things that you can just do it and so I I kind of feel I used to be very empathic to people like this but now I'm like no come on you need to stand up for yourself and you need to get out there and change your life and I've never been that sort of person and I I love the fact that I've also been through it I even remember as a police officer oh you don't understand you don't know what it's like I go I do actually I was abused or whatever happened and so now, oh, yeah, but you don't know what – yeah, I do, actually. I've gone through every possible sort of thing that you could possibly imagine, apart from passing over. I've had the lot. So, yeah, I do understand. So listen to what I'm saying to you. This is how I dealt with it. This is how I live with it every day. This is how I adapted and overcame, you know. And, I, you know, I've said to people, I'm not a hero. I'm not anybody that's gone, yay, because I was dragged kicking and screaming by the angels in the spirit world. Oh, we're going to do this now. No, we're not. Leave me alone. I want to die. I want to stay under my duvet. I hate you all. And so, you know, because they weren't preaching to the converted at all. I was not playing ball. I was not playing ball. They've tried to teach me things. And in the end, they just took over my psyche. And I would have dreams after dream after dream to clear that certain shadow part of myself. So I dream about exes. I dream about the abuse I used to receive and the abuser. And and literally all the dreams were eradicating all of my demons, all, all of my demons. At the time, it was hell because I was living in the moment it was taking place. But each day, each dream that took place every evening or day, whenever I was sleeping, it just got a bit better. And I I had the strength in that situation until I was the victor. And then that was it. Never dreamt of it again. You know, so they've shown me that they can help us change our mind, body and soul. You just have to surrender don't fight. You know, I, I remember, you know, I can't remember where I was told this analogy or where I heard it, but there's a situation where they talk about the past. I think it, I can't remember who it was. And if, you know, people say, why do you hold on to the past all the time? And the analogy was that um, if you've got a chest that's from the past and it's empty and you're holding on to it, you're holding on to it because it's familiar. You don't want to let it go. You don't, there's nothing in it. It's not going to serve you. There's nothing in it at all that will help you, but you're holding on to it because it's familiar. But in the future, there's a chest full of jewels, love, abundance, happiness, direction. Why are you holding on to this chest of the past? Because if you let that go, 
you can go and grab the future chest, which is full of everything you want. And that analogy to, analogy to me is so powerful because so many people hold on to what was and, and keep this nostalgic energy going on. It needs to be cut and move forward. And again, Archangel Michael taught me that. In fact, Archangel Michael found all my homes. I sit here now in the area of St. Michael's. He's, he's just incredible. And yet again, before that, Ah, oh, yeah, there's angels, but they're not, they don't really do much for us. They kind of just look over us. That was my view. You know, I loved them and I knew they were powerful, but wow, they pulled some absolute blinders out for me. Really, <laughs> really incredible. I'm so lucky and so happy. And that's what I want to give to people. You know, I remember when I used to watch things on YouTube when I was poorly um, during that five-year journey, and I used to hate people. They go, I'm happy, I'm abundant, everything's great. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And there are a few swear words. There are a few swear words. And um, I used to resent them. I used to resent. I never. I came off of Facebook for a while because I resented people getting on with their lives and, you know, meeting husbands and wives and doing whatever they were doing. I hated all of them, resented it. And hate is a very strong word, but I did. I hated them for it. And um, it wasn't until they started teaching me about gratitude and teaching me about abundance and all the rest of it that I started going back onto Facebook. And then I realized that I, you know, I can't be there. I'm happy and lovely all the time. Um, I have to be transparent. And that is why I do the YouTube videos on the days I haven't even got the strength to even get dressed. I'll just sit and chat to everybody. Just sit and chat to them. I don't care. I've got nothing to hide from anybody. And I, I so refreshing and it's such a relief that I can be me and there's so many people in this world that have to have this facade or they have to keep up with the Joneses or they have to be this or that just let it go just be yourself see what you want in life aim for it and you know don't worry what people think don't take on other people's energy own it yourself because this experience is really a speck. It's a tiny little lump of salt in a huge ocean of, immortal, of immortality, you know, and that's what was also shown to me as well. I've been taken up to heaven so many times and um, they show me the fact that this tiny little human experience, even though it's devastating, whatever happens to us, of course it is because we have our human ego suit on, but I also try and see the bigger picture and see that this is just a little experience that we've planned that we come down here and do this and then we go back up to our soul cluster. And so that's helped me see, you know, if anything happens in life that's frustrating to me or upsetting, I try and see the bigger picture. When my mum passed, I was like, wow, there was so much pain from the past to do with her. But then I just saw beyond it and saw her back with my dad, back up in, you know, heaven. And gosh, she's such a pain. She bangs and crashes and open doors here. I thought she'd be nice and subtle, but no. She's very loud, my mum, when she comes in. <laughs> and that's how I see it. I try and look at the bigger picture as well, the bigger perspective of our lives, our soul journeys, you know. And so sometimes when I get a bit overwhelmed, it doesn't happen a lot. I really don't have anything bad happen to me anymore, to be honest with you. Oh, I should have said that. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I just I just look at, well, hang on, let's look at the bigger picture. This is a human experience. It's this much in this much and some of your soul journey of how old you are. Um, so just ride through it, adapt, deal with it, face it on, you know, don't procrastinate, deal with whatever is in your life, have the strength to do it, move on. But for yeah. some reason, people stay stuck, don't they? 
Yeah. Nice well, I have, I have a feeling if they continue to watch your YouTube channel, read your book and really just, um, you know, work off of your energy to see that you have been brought to the lowest of low and mm-hmm. you still made it, you know, that should be very encouraging for people. And I definitely want to make sure that we give our audience the link to your book. So where can people find more information about you if they'd like to purchase the book, watch your YouTube videos? What's your website? Thank you. It's www.nikkiallen. It's A-L-A-N, though. I work in memory of my dad's name. So people will misspell it. It's A-L-A-N.co.uk. That website will give you all the links. My YouTube channel is under Nikki Allen or The Bedroom Guru. <laughs> <laughs> the Bedroom Guru. Um, that's, that's under there. I'm on Twitter. Literally, if you just put Nikki Allen in um, to your search engines, all of my media sites will come up. At the moment, the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, John Hunt Publishing. I'm also offering a signed and personalized message service, which has been really popular. I've got a huge bulk of it I'll go and deliver in a minute to the post office. Um, but yeah, that's where you'll find me. I've only really started growing the YouTube channel now because I've realized how you know it's helping people. So please come on over and subscribe because I can cover absolutely anything you need to know on spirituality, paranormal, and of course, chronic illness <laughs> and how to survive it. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for your beautiful energy. Um, my sense about this podcast is that it's going to reach, you know, a lot of people even outside of our audience, because anyone that's listening, if you heard what I heard, there are so many like channeled messages there for people who are really, you know, struggling and need to hear some of this encouragement. So um, yeah, I just get, I get a good sense about this and, you know, the work that you're doing and that it will reach the people that really need to hear it. So thank you so much for being a guest on the Path 11 podcast. You're invited back anytime. I know you have another book that, yeah, you're working on. You won't leave me, which is another book that is yet to come out and that's on bereavement recovery. And I can't read my writing. Spiritual yeah, reunion. Yeah. Aspect on how to cope and deal with bereavement. But the, the most precious part of that book, it's all done. It just needs editing now. The most precious part are their real life stories at the end of people that were skeptics, ordinary human beings that are then proven beyond any reasonable doubt that the spirit people um, who they love are with them and they initiate communication and there's stories of how they, they reconnect with their loved ones on a spiritual level rather than physical. It's a very magical book and it lends itself to this one. You know, I've shown you I've gone through it. This is how I now do it. And obviously with my bereavement trained detective side, as well as me understanding the holistic spiritual side of dealing with grief, I've chucked it all in a book, including how to use mediums and what we're about, and what spirituality is about. And I think that book is going to be a very, very useful way to people dealing with grief and loss. Absolutely. Well, Nikki, thank you so much. I really enjoyed our thank talk. You. Thank you so much. Yes, I hope we connect again, and I'm sure we will in the future. Oh, I'm sure we will. God bless you. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that show. And don't forget to head on over to path11tv.com. Grab your annual membership for $59. Remember, that is 40% off the regular price. So I really want you to take advantage of our launch deal of $59. You get over 75 hours of content that we have on there. So head on over to path11tv.com. Take advantage of the annual membership. All right, guys, take care.